So this morning we're going to be wrapping up our series, This is Emmanuel. It's been nine weeks. Isn't that crazy? You're like, oh, thank God. Now we can talk about Christmas or something. Um, which that'll come next week and it'll be great. I'm excited for that. But uh, this morning we're going to be wrapping up this series and we've gone through our mission and our, and our vision statement and we've gone through our values. We talked about the mission of Emmanuel Assembly of God is to build the, build the church, establish the church and the capital C church, not a lowercase c. This isn't about my kingdom. This isn't about the kingdom of Emmanuel. It's about the kingdom of God, right? We talked about the vision of Emmanuel is to awaken, revive, and redeem the city of Cleveland and its people. And then we talked about our values, being empowered by the the Holy Spirit. We talked about belonging. We talked last week about, about every single one of us being equipped to multiply. All right, we talked about these values. And this morning, I'm going to talk to us and, and just kind of wrap it all up with, really, there's going to be a call to action at the very end of this. And so this morning, we if you remember, we started this series nine weeks ago with talking about a name. We talked about the name Emmanuel, what Emmanuel meant. We talked about that Emmanuel means God with us. And if God is for us and if God is with us, then who can be against us? And we're going to end this series with a name. And so the title of today's message is, Who Are You? We're going to be in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19 is where we're going to be this morning. If you would stand to your feet for the reading of God's word as you turn there. Acts chapter 19, we're going to be starting in verse 13 and reading through verse 16. The word of the Lord says this. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, thank you that you are so good to us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that your hand would just be on us today, Lord. That those who would have an ear, let them hear the declaration of your word this morning. Father, I pray that it would not be my word spoken, but yours spoken through me. That we would all be challenged to pick up the banner. That we'd all be challenged to stand and to march in your kingdom. Father, I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Anybody like, like, anybody grow up with Disney movies, like watching Disney movies? Some of you guys are like, oh, Disney movies of the devil. You know, the Disney movies, yeah. Whenever I grew up, uh, I remember one of my favorite movies was the movie Alice in Wonderland. And I remember I, I read the book when I was in middle school. Like, like I loved watching it. And, and, and one of my favorite movies growing up now, it's not necessarily my favorite. I like Lion King and Aladdin better and all those other things, right? But, but Alice in Wonderland, I, I thought it was so great, like sitting back and watching all of the really craziness that happens in that movie. And, and one of those moments is Alice f stumbles upon this giant caterpillar. 
And this giant caterpillar asks Alice this question over and over and over again, who are you? And he continues and, and he asks and, and, you know, he's got, he's got that smoke, then he blows like smoke rings and all that stuff. Whenever I was younger, I would stand out in the cold at the bus stop and I thought that I was the caterpillar and I tried to make smoke rings, but it was just my breath and that doesn't work at all, right? And I remembered like trying to like imitate that when I was younger and, and there was a moment when Alice is first asked that question and she even says, well, I don't really know. And she begins to talk and, and she kind of tries to describe who she is and all of these things. And the caterpillar asks again, who are you? And it's that moment that all of a sudden the caterpillar has no idea who Alice is. And therefore really doesn't necessarily respect who she is either. In this passage, there's a demon that has that same mentality towards this group of men. In this passage, Paul, this is actually supposed to be a comparative passage to what Paul was doing in the name of, of the Lord in a few verses before this. Paul was being used by God. He was, he was walking through and, and, and to the point of he was so heavily used by God that even his handkerchiefs were healing people. That's the power of God, right? There, there's, some, there's some serious power in there. If, if just a handkerchief you blew your nose in the other day heals somebody of leprosy. Like that's pretty crazy. And so there's this power of God that is working within Paul. And, and this passage specifically that we're in, it juxtaposes against who Paul is with these seven sons of Sceva. It's, it's to show, this passage is to show really this understanding that there's power and there's weakness that's masquerading as power. And so, before we go any further, I think we really need to understand who the seven sons of Sceva are. All right, we, need to, we need to know who they are. Well, first off, we know this by the first verse. It says, but also, meaning Paul was exercising demons and he was healing people, but also there were some Jewish exorcists in that area. And so the seven sons of Sceva, they were Jewish exorcists. Now, Jewish exorcism isn't necessarily something that is mentioned within the Old Testament, although it is something that is common throughout uh, the Jewish world. Uh, we have different places and different texts like the Greek magical papyri and, and, and the uh, Testament of Solomon that gives us certain incantations and, and the like to Jewish priests in order to cast out evil spirits and demons. And so this is something that is, is normal. It's, it's something that the, these Jewish priests and exercisers would go around doing this. Most of the time they'd be doing this for a prophet in order to, that would be their living, would they be an exorcist. And they would go through these incantations. And, and one of the main parts of these incantations is to invoke a revered name. To invoke a name that is revered, that is held in, in weightiness. So they would invoke the name of David, right? They'd invoke the name of Solomon. They'd invoke the name of, 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 a, of a biblical hero in order for this demon to be cast out. And so when they saw that Paul was casting out demons in the name of Jesus, these exorcists decide to steal that formula. 
to sit there and say, okay, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of that person. And so these seven sons, they go around and, and they begin to do that. They're Jewish exorcists. Not only that, but we also need to know that son isn't necessarily the actual biological son of this man named Sceva. Instead, it's probably more along the lines of this is a pupil or a disciple of or a follower of Sceva. And so these are the pupils of Sceva. And then we also have to ask the question too, who in the world is Sceva? Who is this guy? Well, it says in here, it says that he's a Jewish high priest. However, the problem is, is that there's no record of Sceva being a chief priest within the temple of Jerusalem. So that the term high priest also, it, it shouldn't ever really need to be qualified. You see that high priest is used in, in Acts chapter 4 verse 23 and Acts chapter 5 verse 24. The term high priest is used, but it's never He's never qualified with Jewish high priest or Jewish chief priest. If you're a high priest, if you're a true high priest or a chief priest, you don't need the qualifier that you're Jewish. And so why in the world is this significant? Well, Sceva here, he could have been an apostate Jew that ended up growing to prominence within um, a pagan temple. He could have been that into uh, one of those. But I think a, a better kind of term is that that Sceva was in, Jew, in Asia Minor at the time, and he used this, he created a title for himself, he impersonated a Jewish high priest in order to establish his credibility within that region. And so we have these seven sons of Sceva, these seven followers of a fake high priest, that in order for them to get work, they used the name, they, they used this title, that Really, and part of that too is because high priests were known for having a different connection with the supernatural, right? That high priests were allowed to go into the temple and that the, the, the chief high priest was allowed in the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. So they had some connection to the supernatural. So that would make sense that they would use and he would use that title in order to gain credibility. But he really didn't have the power to back it up. You see, they, it might have worked, and we really don't know scripturally, we don't know how many times that the sons of Sceva actually went around and cast out demons in this way with this, uh, with this uh, incantation, so to speak. We don't know how many times the sons of Sceva went around and cast out demons saying, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out of them. We don't know how many times, but we do know of this one time. We do know that this one time there was a demon with the gall enough to talk back. And so they got there, and, and all seven of them, just imagine, all seven men around this one man who is demon-possessed, being tormented by an evil spirit. And they pray over him, and they say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, come out. And nothing happens. And instead of them saying it again, it says, the evil spirit spoke back to them. And the evil spirit says, Jesus I know, Paul I've heard of, but who are you? 
See, the demon, he's, he's answering, and this is, again, this is the first time I think that they have this evil spirit speaking back to them, and, or they ever even heard of a demon speaking back to them, I would assume or imagine. And the demon answers in such a way in, in providing really a, a sliding scale of familiarity. The words here that, that are used, look at it in verse 15. The words here that are used, he says, I recognize Jesus, I know about Paul, but who are you? I recognize Jesus. I know Jesus intimately. I recognize that, that name. I, I know who that is. Paul, I've, I've heard of. I've heard, I've heard whispers in the darkness about Paul. I, I've heard about him. But you, however, I've never heard of. And the demon speaking in this, this sliding scale of familiarity also begins to set up this sliding scale of respect. That this demon understands and sees that there is respect to be had for Jesus. Scripture writes that even, even the demons believe in Jesus and shudder. He, the demon has some knowledge and respect of Paul because of what Paul is doing in the power of the Holy Spirit. But because these seven men are completely unknown to, to this demon, he has no respect whatsoever for them. This word again, this word but, it's, it's supposed to be used to understand that there's a, there is a difference, there's a comparison between Paul and what Paul is doing and what these seven men are doing. There's, there's, that's important, that but there, that, that Jesus I recognize, Paul I've heard of, but who are you? There's that almost antithetical understanding that comes with this. See, the, the idea here is that pa Paul was powerful and effective, but these seven men were impotent and ineffective. That they didn't have the right power. That they didn't have the, the right the, the right kind of stuff. And that was the Holy Spirit. That was the power that Jesus provides. And so then it says in verse 16 that, that this man, this demon-possessed man, overpowers them. It overpowers all seven of them. They're not like in a line being like, okay, I'm next. Like they're, they're overpowers all of them, beats them bloody, and sends them out naked and bleeding. It's actually kind of, in, you read this kind of with a, with a chipper kind of humor to it because those seven men going in to cast out this demon ended up being cast out by the demon. That they, they tried so hard to use their, their own power to cast out this demon that instead they themselves were cast out by the demon. They were cast out. And this morning... As we wrap up this series, and as we look at this passage and we understand this passage to sit there and say that Paul had a, a direct connection with Jesus and that's why he was able to, to fulfill and do all of these wonderful, miraculous things. That was why he was able to heal and cast out evil spirits. But these seven sons of Sceva sought to to use this as a way of getting something, as a golden ticket, so to speak. 
And they ended up not having the power. They, they ended up having being, being confronted with the army of darkness, being confronted with the enemy. And the enemy saying, who are you? And this morning, I just want to say this. Let this not be said of Emmanuel. Let this not be said of Emmanuel. That as we go into our cities, that as we, as we bring the light to places, let the darkness not question us back saying, who are you? Let this not be Emmanuel. Let's not work in our own power and never the power of God. Because that's what happens. Who are you? In, in a way, and this is going to sound maybe somewhat harsh, but my hope and my prayer is that hell would know the name Emmanuel Assembly of God because of the ravaging that we do of the enemy's camp. That hell would know our name. And they would understand whose name we're under. See, we've gone through this entire series and, and the heart of this series is we want to set up a foundation. We want to set up a foundation to be a stronghold of light in this area. But not only that, but we want to we take it a step further. We're not just meant to be a stronghold of light. We're meant to be an army of light. This isn't just us kind of hunkering down as the enemy kind of throws some things towards us. This is us sitting, this is us standing up and going out and taking the light of the gospel and taking the power of Jesus Christ to every single part of our, our, of our communities. To us taking this and becoming not just someone who, who again, is, is where evil is not welcome in this place, but evil is not welcome anywhere we put our foot. Because we're an army of light. Let it be said, Emmanuel, I've heard of. And this, this is the end of this series for us. Again, and I've told you this throughout this entire series, the, the purpose of this series is to say, hey, here's where we're going, and to welcome you in to this. The truth of the matter is, is this. This is going to be a bold statement. Hell will know the name Emmanuel. Whether it's five of us or 500. Because the power of God and the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit will be working in and through this place. This series is not a call to Christian living as usual. This series is a call to war. Worship team, you can come up. This is a call to war. This is a call to sit there and say, you know what? We're, we're done 
losing the fight on drug addiction and overdose. We're done losing that. We're going we're gonna to take the battle back. We're going we're gonna to take what has been taken and stolen away. We're going to take that back. You know, we're, we're done with broken families. We're done with, with, with alcoholism, breaking up families. We're done with all of these different things. We're done. We're done with, with orphans. There being so many of orphans and no one to care for them. We're done with that. Instead, we're going to take up. We're going to stand up and we're going to go because we have our marching orders. We're done seeing the world continuously, it seems like, implode upon itself and be continuously surrounded by darkness. We're done seeing that instead. You know what Jesus says? He says, on this rock I will plant my church. And you know what else he says? He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know what that means? That means, again, that any place we put our foot, every single place we go, hell's got nothing on us. And so again, the, the point of today, the point of this morning's message, I know that it's a, it's a shorter message, but, but I pray and I hope that we understand this. This is a call to arms. This is a moment to, to sit here and say, you know what, I want to see God do something great. In my home, I'm tired of, of, of fighting. I'm tired of all the, all the brokenness in my home. I'm tired of the generational curses that continue over and over and over and over again in my family. And it stops with me. Why? Because I am part of the army of God. Because I am the one that is going to bring the light to the darkness. Even if it's the darkness in my own heart, I'll bring that light to it so that I can be even more pure. And so what we're going to do today is I want you to think about this. In 1 Samuel chapter 26, David was on the run from King Saul. He had already been anointed king. He was supposed to be king. And, and David was on the run because Saul wanted to kill him. And as Saul was hunting David down, Saul got to that point where he, he actually camped out right next to where David was, was hiding. And David, he wanted to go and, and, and see the camp of his enemy. And so as he was doing that, he was, he, before he goes, he, he sits there and he gets some of his, his closest kind of friends together. And two of them are Ahimelech and Abishai. And he asks them in this verse, he says, David then, he's, he's looking down at the camp of his enemy, at the person that wants to kill him. This is, this is the enemy's camp. He's, he'd be behind enemy lines. If somebody were to wake up, he would be dead. This is a hunting party that's out for David's head. And David asks, 
Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, son of Zariah, Joab's brother, who will go down into the camp with me to Saul? And Abishai answers, I'll go with you. This is what we're going to do. This is one of those moments that as a pastor, it's terrifying. Like I said before, hell's going to know the name Emmanuel. Because of the light that we bring. Because of the souls that it loses. Because heaven gains them. No matter how many of us are part of that, it's going to happen. Because I believe God has called us to that. The question that I have for us this morning is who will go with me? And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a moment to search our hearts. We're not going to sing anything. We're just going to play very quietly. We're going to search our hearts. We're going to say, God, is this, is this what you want for me? And all I'm asking is that you be obedient to the calling of God. This is my calling to lead this church. This is my calling to be a beacon of light, to equip the saints, to bring light to the darkest places of our area. This is my calling. And I would ask of us here, who will go with me? But... I don't want somebody to say, I will, and be halfway in. I don't want somebody to say, I will, and not count the cost. Following Jesus and following what God has for for this church, it's going to be a costly thing. It will cost some of us a lot more than others. But there's always a cost. The outcome will be far greater. There's always a cost. And I want us to be, in in, in this moment, I want us to be sober-minded to count the cost of where we're going and to count the cost of where you're going. My heart is that we would all be in on this journey. And I understand that some of us We might not be ready, and that's okay. Or some of us might be, no, absolutely not, and that's okay too. But we're just going to take a moment. Can we just spend a moment in quiet reflection, understanding? I'll ask that question again in a moment. But let's just take a moment and pray and think about what it is that I'm asking.